You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. When I was a kid, I used to love to go out with my baseball bat into our gravel drive in the very rural community we lived in in West Monroe, Louisiana, and I would throw up a rock and I would swing that bat and hit it, and it would make this loud, this aluminum bat hitting this rock, make this great sound. And of course, as a kid, I'm like, wow, the crowd goes wild. You know, home run. Then, uh, you know, this is what I was playing. And the reason why I was hitting rocks with my baseball bat instead of an actual, like, baseball or, or some other kind of ball was because you didn't have to go chase down the rocks. I mean, if you hit, if you hit a ball, and then you got to go get it. With the rocks, you just hit the rock, and then you pick up another rock, and you pick up another rock, and you go over and over. But I was reminded of this when I heard this story about a little boy who's who's tossing the baseball up and hitting it to you know to hit it with his bat, and he would announce really loudly, as little boys are prone to do, "I'm the greatest hitter in the world! I'm the greatest hitter in the world!" And he'd throw the ball up, and and it, but he would miss, and it would be strike one, and he would kind of you know. That's okay. I'm the greatest hitter in the world. He'd throw it up again. Strike two. He missed the ball again. He takes it again. He goes, it doesn't matter. That's okay if I missed it because I'm the greatest hitter in the world. And he threw the ball up again and strike three. And he pauses and says, I'm the greatest pitcher in the world. (laughs) He struck himself out. He's so great. So, He's positive. You know, he's keeping a positive mindset here. How how many of you are, are more positive? Like it's gonna work out, or less positive? Maybe it it never works out. What's your attitude? What's your your thought process on this? Somewhere, maybe you're somewhere in the middle. Like maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. For me, I like I'm I aspire to be a very positive person and, and actually something I don't necessarily have to work on as much. I had I'd admit, I'll confess right up front, we're going to talk about how to stay positive today as, as when we're feeling overwhelmed and it's not something that's a challenge for me necessarily. It's my personality. Like I'm like my blood type is B positive. <laughs> not really, it's just a joke. But in life, there are all kinds of issues and situations that can wreck us and can leave us feeling broken. Worry, fear, anger, temptation, as we talked about last week, and in so many ways we can get overwhelmed. And so we've been talking about what what happens, what do we do as followers of Jesus when life hits us and gets us overwhelmed? How do you stay positive when you're feeling positively negative? And so we're in, in the book of James in the New Testament, the, the letter of James. And uh, uh, chapter one, we're going to dig in a little deeper here today. So I'd enc- encourage you to grab a Bible or open up your app, your Bible app. And uh, let's go to James chapter one together. We're going to begin reading in verse 19. And while you're getting there, let me just kind of remind you what the book of James, it's, it's, con- it's considered a collection of wisdom for those who desire to become more like Jesus, like the, the earliest Christians, like re- receive this letter and and, and, and man, there's there's so much wisdom here for me, for us as we try to follow Jesus, as we want to become more like Jesus. And it's a great place to read and study, um, especially when you desire to live with peace and joy and hope that is found in being a follower of Jesus. Even when we get overwhelmed, that peace and joy and hope can be there for you. And that's kind of that's kind of the point um, for us. So verse 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, 
slow to speak and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it is the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. If you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing in the mirror, glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But... If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Here's our big idea Positive words, backed by positive actions, build a positive self-image and healthy relationships. Okay? So we're talking about how do we stay positive when we get overwhelmed? Well, here's the big idea that's gonna we're going to build on. Positive words, backed by positive actions, build a positive self-image and, po- and, and positive and healthy relationships. So the first thing we want to do is, is realize that well, in order to stay positive, you're going to have to check yourself. And as, as we used to say back in the day, check yourself before you wreck yourself. I was uh, uh, driving a van full of, of students when I was a youth pastor one time. And I had, a, I had a lot of experience of driving church vans full of students, youth, students in our youth ministry. And... Uh, and, and as we were driving through, it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll never forget. It wasn't the only time there was road rage, but there was road rage. Uh, there was someone who just came flying around, driving erratically, cut us off in traffic. And it really, it really, at the, in that moment, and I've got a van full of students. They're noisy. I'm amped up. There's a little bit of stress whenever you're doing this, even though I'm usually pretty stress-free. When you're driving and you have everyone else's children even though they're they're young adults, they're you know teenagers. In your you're responsible for them, and you have this van that's that you're responsible for. That's not yours. It belongs to the church, and you're, there's a little bit of stress to this. And so when this person cut me off in traffic, I immediately hit the button for the window to come. And the window comes down, and I'm about to yell out the window at this person. I'm literally like the window comes down and I have just anger building up and it just hits me. I'm the youth pastor and all of these students are about to see how I respond. And so I yell out the window, Jesus loves you. And then I, as I'm putting the window up, I say, but he can't drive at all. <laughs> and every, and all the students, they, they laughed and they, they had, it was a moment where I could have, I could have lost it. And it would have been this very awkward Man, we we just saw something we don't didn't expect. We we saw unchristlike behavior from our our leader, and in that moment, it was the Holy Spirit that got a hold of me, that grabbed hold of my mouth, that got a hold of my attitude, and turned it into a moment of you know anger and stress into a moment of laughter. But I had to check myself. Like there was that, and, and again, you have to check yourself. But this is where the Holy Spirit comes in and helps us to check ourselves. And if you're like me, maybe you have to check yourself often. James says, if you're a Christian, I want you to understand this: you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now we could just 
take that one verse and meditate on it and realize there is so much there, not just to unpack and discuss, but to make our reality. You must be. I want you to understand. If you're a Christian, I want you to understand this. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Now, the word quick or swift gives us can give us the wrong picture of what the Bible says of how we should listen. Because it doesn't mean to like listen in a hurry. Like don't listen quick doesn't mean listen in a hurry. Like like you're just waiting for them to finish. Being quick to listen doesn't mean you're sitting here right now thinking, okay, get to the point already, Steve. Hurry hurry up. No, that's not what it means. You may be doing that, but that's not being quick to listen. Being quick to listen means you are eager to hear what someone has to say. That's what it is. You're eager to hear what someone has to say. So, so a, a part of this is you need to be eager to hear what God has to say. Being quick to listen means you're eager to hear what God has to say. If you back up in, in James chapter 1 to verse 16, a little bit of what we talked about last time we were together, it says, So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all his creation, became his prized possession. And then he says, understand this, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. It's like James is saying, be eager to listen to the word of truth. There, there's a passion for meeting with God combined with a patience to not only hear, but to really listen. Being quick to listen means you give priority to God's voice. You, you may have to check yourself by saying, what is God saying about this? And whatever your situation is, what is God saying about this? And being quick to listen also means to be interested in what others have to say. So this is the second uh, because it, often others will have things to say that are worlds apart from what God has to say. <laughs> this doesn't mean that, you, that, that if you don't like what they have to say, you don't listen. But do guard what you allow into your heart and mind. You need to have people, you need to be interested in what others have to say. You need to be have, have interest, you need to listen to what God has to say and what others have to say, but you won't stay positive if all you ever hear is negative. And if your social media feed is filled with negative, you may have to turn it, pause it for a time so that you can uh, take some of the negative voices that are speaking into your life and put them on pause or put them on mute for a while. So be quick to listen and, and slow to speak. And this doesn't mean slow to speak like you, you talk like Mountain Man on Duck Dynasty or, or Eeyore, right? <laughs> Welcome to Awaken. You belong here. Come as you are. Welcome home. That's, the, that's not what it means. Notice that, that slow to speak is partnered here with slow to get angry. It's like this is like together. It's two parts of one whole. Slow to speak, slow to get angry. This is about reacting to situations in a godly way. Slow to speak and slow to get angry means to take a deep breath and count to 10 before responding. Because human anger does not produce righteousness. Human anger does not produce righteousness. So be slow to speak and slow to get angry means listen carefully to God's voice before you respond to others. Now, when James writes, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. He's, he, he echoes the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount here. Jesus said, and it's in Matthew chapter 5, 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You have heard it. Uh, you have heard it was said to those people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother is subject to judgment. So when James is writing, get rid of filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. He's echoing what Jesus teaches us. So basically, Jesus and, and James teaches us that when you get overwhelmed and, and people are involved and relationships are on the line, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself, before you wreck yourself and your relationships. And once you do that, you have to realize something else. You have to choose your, you, you have to choose your actions. You get to choose your actions. So, so make that choice. Choose your actions. There's this great quote from Norman Vincent Peale. And Norman Vincent Peale wrote this famous book called, I think it's called The, the Power of Positive Thinking. Um, not 100% on board with everything he wrote there, but here's this quote that really still resonates with me. Positive thinking is how you think about a problem. Enthusiasm is how you feel about a problem. The two together determine what you do about a problem. So, so what happens when we stay positive in our hearts and minds, but, but, but never do anything positive with those thoughts and feelings? James says, when it comes to spiritual matters, when it comes to like all of life, you can't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourselves. If you don't obey God's word, it's like looking in a mirror and forgetting what you look like as soon as you walk away. Can you imagine that? I've been in the gym uh, working out, and there's these guys, and if you're one of them, no, you know, I'm not saying this to like shame you or anything because I'm not naming any names, but there's these guys who are doing bicep curls <laughs> in front of the mirror. And just look, it's like they do a bicep curl and look in the mirror, and bicep curl and look in the mirror. It's like they forget, like they forgot what... They look like, like, like what James is saying here. They look at themselves in the mirror, they turn away. Oh, I forgot. So they turn back away and do another bicep curl with every rep. So if, if we're going to choose our actions and our reactions, by the way, that God has for us, James says, look carefully at the perfect law that sets you free and do what it says. This is, this isn't just like, you know, study the Bible and think that's a good thing. It's look carefully at this perfect law that sets you free and do what it says. Because it's when you do what it says, that it sets you free. Now, this Greek, there's a Greek word here. And, and again, James was originally written in Greek. So it's, it's kind of good for us to kind of dig in sometimes with some of the original wording and take it a little deeper. And look carefully is a word, perikupto. Perikupto, it's it's literally translates as to lean over and inspect closely. So so you know to look you know look carefully to lean over and inspect closely. It's not just to glance at it. It's to get a good deep look. Do it with intention. You're intentionally inspecting this closely. So James is writing to people who are who are overwhelmed. And through their circumstances, their faith in God is being tested and stretched. And James wants to help these readers to, get, to go through these difficult times in such a way that their relationship with God deepens and grows. And he knows that in the midst of the struggle, our view of God and what he wants us to do can quickly become cloudy. We wonder if God is still present with us. We wonder if, if he is totally good. 
We wonder how much he really cares for us or even if he does at all. We wonder what our purpose is here on earth and even we wonder who we are. And James says, lean in intentionally, inspect closely the perfect law that sets you free and do what it says. A key to staying positive is to choose your actions based on God's word. And, and and so be quick to listen. That's what it means. Being quick to listen involves action based on what you just heard from God. To act on the truth of God is to live as if God is truly our Father. You know, to, to act on the truth of God is, is to live as if He alone gives us our worth and identity, which is the way it should be. This is allowing the very deep habits of our minds, our, our words, and our actions to be transformed. The way we relate to ourselves, and the way we relate to others, how we spend our time and our money, our, our general outlook on life, all need to come under the light of God's grace. James is not saying to simply try harder to live right. Okay? He's, he's encouraging us to do whatever we need to do in order to feed our faith in our Heavenly Father. So we turn our anxiety and our desire to grumble over to Jesus. We, we hand over each day, each relationship, each thought, each question, each road rage moment to God, moment by moment, allowing our faith in Him to become a living thing. A living thing. Our faith becomes a living thing because we're living it out. And then here's the piece. Here's the piece that may be the the most challenging thing for us, right? Control your tongue. <laughs> Control your tongue. Man, that's just that's that's hard. Uh, if we controlled our tongues with the love of Jesus, maybe our our words would sound more like Jesus though, right? And maybe our facial expressions would give not just our words, but also our tone, our attitude. Not just the words we say, but the words that we type on our Facebook page, our Twitter feed. When we get down to verse 26, man, James, he bottom lines it here. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your, yourself, you don't control your tongue, you're only fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Sounds like these words that matter the words that we say they matter to god doesn't it it sounds like it. i mean it's pretty pretty intentional again originally this this original text here there's a specific word for control and it's really the word for bridle it's a you know a bridle an actual bridle that's used in a horse's head like put in a mouth to restrain the animal to give guidance to the horse the idea is control this part of the horse and you control the entire animal that's what the bridle does so, so it's a great word picture. If we, if we are to have you know, the true and pure religion that God wants us to have, we're going to harness and bit and bridle this tongue. James goes on to point out the importance of this in, in chapter 3. And I'm going to read this from the message paraphrase because I just love how it flows. This is in James 3, verses 3 through 11. It says, A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of the mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. 
It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father. With the same tongues, we curse the very men and women we were made, who were made in His image. Curses and blessings from the same mouth. A spring doesn't gush forth fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? It's almost like James is, he, he, he thinks that, that there's no hope in control of the tongue, but then you back up. Back to ver- back here to verse 27 of chapter 1. He finishes all this thought about controlling the tongue with this. Pure religion that glorifies God means caring for orphans and widows and refusing to let the world corrupt you. The key to controlling your tongue is to fill your heart and mind with the things that honor God. That's what he's getting at here. He's not giving us a specific set of rules and a list for us to do in 2021, although it is good and right and holy to care for orphans and widows in their distress. It is good and right and holy to refuse to let the world corrupt you. What he's getting at is the key to controlling your tongue is to fill your heart and mind with things that honor God. Positive words backed by positive actions, build a positive self-image and healthy relationships. And so make this your prayer this week. Maybe uh, maybe your prayer is, God, help me control my tongue. <laughs> but here's the prayer for the week. Jesus, the struggle is real, and so are you. Right now, would you overwhelm me with your thoughts and feelings and help me stay positive? Jesus, this is our prayer right now. The struggle is real, and we confess that. But so are you, and that is our major confession. Right now, would you overwhelm us with your thoughts and your feelings to help us stay positive? Amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church. Or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.